Good morning, Nachum Gader Shabbos, everybody. Wow, a lot to talk about tomorrow and Mir Hashem next week. I'll try to go chronologically in order and see what we can cover and try to do the best we can. This Shabbos, we have the privilege of taking out two Sifrei Torah. The Parshas Hashavua, the first one is Parshas Truma. According to the Chinuch, it has three mitzvos, two positive mitzvos, including the mitzvah of V'asuli Mikdash, V'shachanti B'Socham, to construct a sanctuary. We had one in the desert, the Mishkan, and we had two base Mikdash. And we will have the third base Mikdash, for which we pray in every single Shmone Esrei. And the other two mitzvos are one related to the Aron and the other one related to the Shulchan. The second Torah that we read tomorrow is Parshas Zohar. Parshas Zohar consists of the last three verses of Parshas Kiseitze, chapter 25. In the fifth book of the Torah, Psukim 17, 18, and 19. According to most authorities, Pashas Zohar is biblical. What does that mean? It means that the reading of the first Torah, Pashas Truma, like every other Pasha throughout the year, is rabbinic. The reading of Pasha Zohar however, is biblical, very important. Therefore, everybody should, as in past years, make an attempt to come to Shul. This year, because of the pandemic, it is more challenging for some, and perhaps the weather might be a factor for others. Therefore, number one, if one cannot come to shul, the Shabbos, to hear Pasha Zohar. If they happen to have a Sefer Torah in their home, read it from the Sefer Torah. If you don't have a Sefer Torah, read it from the Chumash with, if you know, the Ta'amim, with the notes, with the trap. But read the three psukim out loud. Now, there are a minority opinion that says that when you come to shul next Friday morning and you hear Vayavoa Amalek, you're going to satisfy the mitzvah of Amalek by hearing Vayavoa Amalek. And others say, keep in mind that in Hashem this summer, when we read Pasha's Kiseitse, you'll listen more carefully if you have not heard it this Shabbos to fulfill the obligation of Parshas Zohar. Now, I just want, number one, that you should understand what it is that we are remembering, that Amalek is, number one, a people who attacked us in the desert, not that they wanted our land. The Torah says Amalek, at the end of verse 18, did not fear God. What does that mean? Truthfully, we get to the very basis of anti-Semitism. 
Amalek resented that God chose Israel and no other people. And Amalek, therefore, is, quote, angry at God and therefore takes it out on God's people. Rashi tells us on the beginning of verse 18, Ashakor Chabaderach, he chanced upon you. Amalek, Rashi explains that in three ways. One, Miloshu Mikre, chance. Not just that he chanced upon you in the desert and attacked you, but that Amalek stands for the concept of chance in this world. What does that mean? Whatever happens, it happens by chance. That's just the luck of the draw. That's the way life is. There is no force that is governing and directing what's happening in this world and governing and directing what's happening to each and every individual. And so, a shekorcha, chance, is the philosophy of Amalek. Amalek stands for chance. If everything is by chance, then you might as well eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow you die. That is Amalek. The second opinion that Rashi says, Ashakorcha, comes from Keri, referring to immorality, and basically exposed the Jewish people then, as we are today, to all kinds of isms, to all kinds of variant ways to look at life. Come on, it's all what you'd like. It's all what you're comfortable with. And once again, our Torah says differently. Timcha, you are to destroy Zecher Amolek, the people, when we knew who they were, and we'll get to back in a moment, and the ideology. And the third one that Rashi says is Korcha, from the word Kor, hot and cold, Korcha is cold. He cooled you off. He cooled you off to the other nations because everybody thought that Israel was invincible, having been miraculously freed from Egypt and the splitting of the Red Sea. But Amalek and the parable that Rashi brings compared to a hot, scalding, boiling tub Nobody can go in, it's too hot. Some fool jumps in. Yes, is scalded, but he cools it off for others. And that's what happens to Amalek. He cooled it off for others to attack the Jewish people. And at the same time, cooled us off. We were so spiritually elevated and on a high having had the miraculous splitting of the Red Sea, and now some of that spiritual energy was cooled off by Amalek. Who is Amalek today? Every year at the Pesach Seder, we say, Behold over door in every generation, They, there are people that want to destroy the Jewish people. Whoever wants to destroy the Jewish people, that is the modern-day people of Amalek. And unfortunately, as we speak today, 
really nothing has changed. And so there's a biblical mitzvah to hear. Women, according to the Chinuch, are exempt from this mitzvah. Others argue with the Chinuch. If women can come to hear the reading of a Molech, fine. If not, well, pandemic number one, and you can rely upon the Chinuch number two. We're going now into, please God, next week. Emir Hashem, next Thursday, we should live and be well, is Tanis Esther, the fast of Esther. Now, why are we fasting? Because we're taught in the Megillah that on the 13th day of Adar, which is next Thursday, we went to war against Amalek, Vinafochu, and the decree was turned around. That which Haman wanted to do, namely to annihilate the Jews on this day, the 13th of Adar, we in turn went to war against Amalek, and we won. According to the Megillah, we are taught in chapter 9 that we killed out 75,000 members of Haman's army, and we, my friends, did not lose a soul. That's correct. Like one of my rabbeim taught me, that's worth celebrating. And that's part of the celebration, which we'll talk about in a moment on Purim Day. So, the fast of Tanis Esther is called by the Raivad a Tanis Shel Simcha, a kind of oxymoron. It's a fast day of happiness. Why? We won the war. So why are we fasting? Because we relive Jewish history and not just remember Jewish history. They fasted when they went to war. We fast when we remember their uh, challenges as well as their celebration. Good. There's a minhag, Yisrael, that mincha time on uh, Tanis Esther next Thursday afternoon at mincha. We give three halves of the currency of the land we're in, in our situation, three half dollars, and this is Zecher Lemachsis HaShekel, a remembrance of the Machsis HaShekel, which was used for the purchase of communal offerings. If you can, come to shul, designate it, just put it in an envelope, Machsis HaShekel, and the money goes to charity. Next Thursday night is Purim. There are four mitzvos of the day of Purim. Firstly, Mikra Megillah. To read the Megillah, please God, next Thursday night and Friday. Ideally, as everybody knows in past years, we assemble in the synagogue and truthfully, Barov Am Hadras Melech. That has always been in the past. If this year, because of the proper social distancing, it means that we can't have a packed house in the synagogue, uh, 
So most synagogues will be arranging many different readings of the Megillah. Find out when and where, inside, outside, and possibly in the various persons' homes, so that we are able to accomplish and have, quote, our cake and eat it, ideally hearing it with a minion or more, but socially distanced, wearing a mask. You can do it. A Jew is able to respond to his challenges. Yes, this is Corona time, but it means that we try and do our best to fulfill the mitzvot under these more challenging conditions. And so, if one can make sure you, men and women who are obligated, will come to the synagogue, in or out, socially distanced to hear it. If you can't do that, then the next best thing is hear it in a home with a few people, best with a minion, but at least with a few people. And if that doesn't work, call your local Orthodox rabbi and ask him to arrange for someone to come, an individual, to bring their Megillah and read the Megillah to you in your home. They'll sit more than six feet away from you And this way, you will be able to hear the Megillah. One cannot fulfill their obligation of the Megillah on Zoom. Yes, you can get a Megillah. And yes, you can read along with listening to the internet, how to pronounce the words, to repeat afterwards in a Megillah. That's very hard. Listen to me. If you can come... Get somebody to come to you to read the Megillah. Okay, nighttime and daytime, all night from the letter of the law you can hear it, and all day on Friday one can hear the Megillah. Okay, next, with the reading of the Megillah comes the mitzvah of Matonos Evyonim. This year is no different, except which means giving uh, charity to the poor and specifically gifts to the Evyonim, to at least two two poor persons. If you have a situation where poor individuals will come to you, be it in the synagogue, be it at your home, fine. If, once again, because of COVID, that's not going to be happening, designate the money on Purim Day. Give it to your local rabbi. He'll know where and how to disperse the money on Purim Day. There are many organizations, Baruch Hashem, that both here and in Israel will be doing that on Purim Day. Call them, contact them. Don't wait for Friday to wake up and say, how do I do this? Plan next week. Speak to your Rav. Find out how you can um, Baruch Hashem fulfill the mitzvah of Matonos the Evyonim. So we've discussed Mikra Megillah, and we've discussed Matanos Evyonim. Now, the big challenge this coming Friday is going to be the Purim Su'uda. Why is that a challenge this year? It's a challenge because Purim is Friday. It's a challenge because the halacha we're taught in the beginning of the last perik of Psachim, that just like on Erev Pesach, One is to go into the Pesach Seder with an appetite because they want you to eat the matzah with an appetite. 
so too every Friday one is to restrict their having a meal in the afternoon so that they can go into Shabbos with an appetite. One of the mitzvos of Shabbos is Oneg Shabbos, having a Shabbos meal. If I'm going to have my Purim Suda and this Purim, as I do all other Purims, three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon, ay, 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 I'm going to come to the Shabbos table, thanks, but no thanks, I'm not hungry. So therefore, listen carefully now, the Ramah teaches, and this is in Simon, Tafresh Tzadihei, 695, the Ramah writes that when Purim falls on a Friday, a person should fulfill their Su'udas Purim, their meal, the Purim meal, their meat meal, they should have it on Shacharis in the morning. And what does that mean? He says, Kodem Chatzos Hayom, before mid the day. Chatzos, this coming Friday, next Friday, is at 12.08, which means that according to the Ramah, the best way to fulfill the Purim Sudo would be to start approximately 11 o'clock, and if it goes a little bit after 12.08, that would be fine. Enjoy your meat meal. That's not so challenging. Many people have a Shabbos meal that much after 11, so or around that time. That works. And there's still time to have a little bit of wine. Or even a little bit more than a little bit. And if necessary, have a little bit of a nap in the afternoon. It all works out. Best if you don't go to work on Purim. You don't have to lose your job. And if you would lose your job, take your meat sandwich with you. And take a little bit of, you know, how to do it. If not, call me and I'll tell you how to do it. But have a meat sandwich if you have to go to work. At lunch, again, a little bit of an early lunch. If necessary, circumstances are beyond your control and you can't start your pseudo 11 o'clock. So you should know that, technically speaking, you could have your pseudo until plag, well, let's say until Mincha Kitano. And Mincha Kitano, please God, um, next Friday, I'm looking it up as we speak. And Mincha Katana next Friday is at 4.06. So ideally, you should have your Purim Su'uda certainly have started before that. And just use good judgment. The later you are starting, unfortunately, that's the word to use, the more you should limit what you're eating. Okay? The earlier you start, understandably, we're able to balance both factors, a Purim Su'uda and your Shabbos meal. Finally, mat, ma, Mishloach Monos, the sending of food parcels. Now, we know that especially because of the pandemic, there are many people who are going to be uneasy with receiving your baked goods, your prepared goods, period. Okay? And you don't want it, forgive me, just thrown into the you-know-what. Okay? 
So therefore, from the letter of the law, remember, you only have to send to one. And I'm telling you, as I tell you every year, if you don't send any year, including this year, if you don't send Mishloach Manos to your best friend, they're still going to be your best friend. Think, everybody, of a family, somebody you're not so friendly with, somebody who might not be affiliated, someone who doesn't yet belong to a synagogue, somebody that, oh, wow, they could and would appreciate get them packaged and you can buy nice um, food coming from a takeout uh, caterer sealed and ideally a mishloach manos understand mishloach manos is an ex- number one to extend friendship number two the mishloach manos is to make sure that everybody's got their Purim Suda. So if you know somebody who might not have a meal, send them a nice piece of chicken, a nice piece of meat, a piece of kugel, everything wrapped up with the caterer's uh, tag on it. And this way, wow, you're satisfying the halacha and you don't need to send to many people. Okay? Everybody else, and everybody, I hope, understands this and will use good and proper judgment. In our prayers on Purim, we include Al-Hanisim, please God, Thursday night in Mayariv, and all the prayers through Mincha on uh, Friday afternoon. And uh, just know that in Yerushalayim, Purim this year, because it's a walled city, and Purim is on Shabbos, they have what is called Purim Mishulash, a three-day Purim. What does that mean? Friday, they read the Megillah, just like us. Friday, they have the Mitzvah of Matonas Levionim, just like us. Shabbos, they read Vayovo Amalek. Well, we're going to read Friday morning. They read it in Yerushalayim on Shabbos. And Sunday, they have the Su'uda and Matonos, excuse me, Mishloach Monos. Okay, finally, I just want to close with the following. That, listen carefully, I really believe that we are in the middle of Megillas Corona. What does that mean, Megillas Corona? Exactly what the Purim story is. We don't know yet why. Why the whole world has experienced Fenafochu. The whole world has experienced this past year. And really, as we all know, it started last Purim. Right after Purim. What does that mean? It means that a person till then had plans, and this is what was going to be unbelievable, that everything was turned topsy-turvy, and we got to realize very, very clearly that he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is in control. You thought you were going where? You're going to Israel? Come on, the airport has been closed. You couldn't fly. Here they had restrictions. There they had... Who would have believed this prior to last Purim? And we're still not finished with this. But the key word is Ashakarcha. Is this all a fluke? 
it just so happened, or no, there is a master plan. And just like the Megillah is to reveal, Purim is a miracle. Where is the miracle? Come on. Chapter 1, that a king kills his queen. That's a miracle. Chapter 2, that Esther becomes the queen. That's a miracle. And go chapter by chapter by chapter, and I want anybody to show me where's the miracle. And yet we know the answer is that over seven years, these ten chapters taken in succession. Wow, 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 wow. And Mordechai here is big son and Seresh, and it's written down in the king's diary, and the king can't sleep, and Muhammad comes, and, and, and. All these ands is one thing to show the opposite of Amalek. Amalek says whatever happens is by chance, and we say no. Er feart develt. In simple English, God controls the world. And as there is Megillas Esther, and we see God's plan, I pray soon, soon, we'll all have an understanding as to what Megillas Corona was and is to teach us. But until that time, Purim is that wonderful shot in the arm. Purim is that spiritual vaccination. It's that injection for each and every one of us. It's that reminder, bow, what a privilege we are to belong to a nation that has divine providence such as the Jewish people. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a good Shabbos, Shabbos Zohar, and please God, a very meaningful Purim to all.